welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, thanks, Eric, for meeting with me for this conversation. My pleasure. And um, so um, I'll kind of introduce you a little bit. I've known you for a pretty good while, right. but I guess not like super well. Right. So this will be interesting just to get to know you better. And um, I know you're a part of our church family, mm-hmm. and I've known you over the years. Um, you used to pastor down at Bloomsdale, right. not very far from us. And you're also a homeschooling family, so I've bumped into you at homeschooling events right. and things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, fill it out the introduction a little bit. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and so Well, um, my wife Julie and I have been married for almost 19 years. <clears throat> and uh, we've got eight kids. We started out thinking or maybe debating whether we would have three kids like my family or four kids like her family. And we ended up with eight kids. So, um, But we've been married for almost 19 years and, and uh, have the eight children. We homeschool them. Um, I have a, a small business that I operate. And we are doing life one day at a time. It's just a, a typical, atypical family. So um, that's my story. Okay. And your, your business, Providence Lawns. Mm-hmm. And, um, you, and I, before we started recording, you were saying you, know, like you went to school for, in this field, um, got a degree of horticulture, is horticulture. that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then how did you get interested in horticulture? Well, I, I started getting interested in, in in the 80s when my dad started a mowing business. He worked at, at John Deere, and he lost his job in the early 80s. Um, he was laid off. He eventually went back to John Deere, but, but he started a mowing business with my grandpa. And I watched the way that they interacted with their customers and the work that they did and I would go with them on occasion and and even work with them a little bit as I got a little bit older and I just I kind of fell in love with it then you know and I was I would have been um 10 12 years old and then when I got done with high school I got a job in the summer times working at a golf course in my hometown and and uh really enjoyed that just really, really liked working outside. Um, just, uh, just all of the aspects that went into to that business, and the the people that I worked with had horticulture science degrees, and and they just kind of steered me toward that, and and that's what I ended up doing. And then when I got done there, um, got my degree and everything. Um, I kind of changed my mind. I decided that I wanted to go in a little bit different direction, the same sort of industry, the same uh, sort of thought, but but a little bit different direction. And that's how I ended up in the fertilizing business and and worked for three different companies over the course of um, 10 years, I suppose, and then uh, then started my own business in 2012. So it's just been something that little by little... <clears throat> I've learned about and, and, and have enjoyed. So that's, that's how I got here. 
Okay. So, so you've always, from very early, have been in this business or, or something related to it or something close to it. It seems like it. Yeah. It seems like, um, like, uh, like I said, little by little, just, just learning different aspects of this outdoor um, green space industry and different sides of it whether it be the, the mowing or whether it be golf course things or, or fertilizing, just learning different sides of it. And, and I've just really enjoyed, really enjoyed working outdoors um, in creation, um, seeing just the beauty of, of things that, that God made, um, whether it be trees or flowers or, or just or just grass, that might sound a little bit weird, but um, I've just enjoyed that a lot, and uh, so that's what that's what our business does, and and that's what I do on a on a day to day basis from March first till almost Christmas is is I'm out I'm outside and I'm working and and just enjoying the beauty of God's creation. So. Your weed control, is that done with chemicals then? Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. Um, it's done with chemicals, and that's a, that's a balancing act. That's something that, is a, as a Christian, um, you have to balance certain things um, while we're not um, environmentalists necessarily. We, we do believe in stewardship of God's creation. So we're managers of, of God's creation. So you want to be careful about what you're doing with God's creation. You want to be careful about what you're, what you're introducing and that you're, and that you're doing things correctly and you're doing things ethically and you're doing things um, that aren't harmful to you know, water, people, pets, those kinds of things, children. And so that's a that's a real balancing act. But yeah, we use we use fertilizers to make the grass grow pretty, and then uh, chemicals to eliminate things that aren't supposed to be there, according to what we think is supposed to be there. So, um, so yeah, that's what we do. Okay. And then, um, so besides this career path you've been on, have you di- diverged very much at all? Like I kn- I know you've been. You've been pastoring for a while, and you said your hometown is that Bloomsdale or no? No, I grew up in Iowa. Iowa, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I I moved down here about twenty years ago. Okay. And um, I I always wanted to live closer to a, a bigger city, mm-hmm. and so I moved down here based on a, a magazine ad that I had seen for a company that was hiring people in this area, hmm. and. When I came down to interview for um, a job, uh, I met my wife. Oh, okay. And so I, I found a job and a wife all in the same weekend. Oh, wow. And so <laughs> that was uh, about 20 years ago that all that happened. And, and uh, um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's how long I've been here, and, and that's what we've done. And, and, and I pastored for uh, about eight years and uh, enjoyed that a lot. Um, it, it was difficult because I was, I was working full time and, and I had at that time, um, five little kids Mm -hmm. and 
you know, a wife that needed breaks and things like that. And so it was, it was hard. It was hard to manage the time and all of that. And so I've been out of that for a while now. And, and who knows, you know, uh, the direction that things will go in the future as far as all of that mm-hmm. is concerned. As my kids get older and they're less needy um, and start moving out of the house, um, it might be something that, that God steers me back into but um, for right now we're focusing on our our, our family our business and and uh, just doing things one, one day at a time as far as your education um, when it comes to you know the Bible and so forth are you pretty much self-educated or did you go to school for some of that um, Missouri Baptist had a, a program um, where I got a diploma in uh, ministry and leadership. And essentially what it was is a, a four-year bachelor degree program without the general education classes. It was just sort of your, um, your major courses. Mm-hmm. And I, I took those classes over the course of, I guess it was two years. And I would go on Thursday nights to First Baptist Church in Fenton, and there was a group of us that were taking those classes and we would sit there for, I think, three hours on Thursday nights and, and study. So I've got that training. I wouldn't, I wouldn't compare it with a seminary degree mm-hmm. as far as the depth and scope of it, but um, it, it did provide a good background on, on biblical study and on, on uh, theology and on what pastoral ministry is supposed to be and supposed to look like and and so i i've i i have that that uh that uh that i can employ uh but yeah there's always a lot of learning to be done a lot of learning to be done mm-hmm. so. so are you still um like actively trying to learn on when it comes to that type of thing for sure yeah um i love I've, I've always enjoyed reading um, a lot, but, but I'm really drawn to, um, to theology books. I'm really drawn to um, books on missions, on Christian biographies, those kinds of things that, that are helpful to, to further us in our knowledge and our understanding of who God is and... and um, what he's called us to do, and so I, I love that kind of stuff. And I don't, I don't get to study and read as much as I'd like, um, but the moments that I have available, I try to, I try to maximize those things. And and uh, so we're always learning. We're always learning. And and whether it comes to misconceptions we've had about God or about the Scripture or misconceptions of of how we are to be as as Christians or how the local church is to function. We're always learning, always reforming, always uh, going back and seeing the mistakes that we've made and and thanking God for His grace. And and um, so I love to study. I love to read. I've, I've always enjoyed reading the scripture. From, from my conversion, that's, that's been a something I've enjoyed immensely is just reading the scripture and learning and it's just a, it's a, it's, an, it's such a blessing to have his word 
and to have um, the opportunity to learn about <laughs> the God that is. So what have you, have you been learning lately? Lately, um, I've been in the book of Hosea for a month or so. Mm-hmm. And I've been learning about, I guess, as much about myself as about God through that book and just acknowledging and seeing the ways that I tend to stray from God, the ways that I tend to put my hope or my trust in things other than God and just trying to to pray through those things and trying to to constantly come back to oh my hope is in the Lord my trust is in the Lord it's not in my my retirement program and it's not in in the uh, bottom line of my 2020 business budget and it's not in the performance of my children mm-hmm. and it's not in how spiritual spiritual my wife looks it's it's not in those things and um, so that's Hosea has been really helpful for that. Hmm. If you remember at the beginning of the book, Hosea is, he's a prophet, and he's called to marry an adulterous woman. Mm-hmm. And there's this picture there of, of Israel and its adulterous ways. And throughout the book, um, they receive his rebuke for that. And if we're reading closely, we can see ourselves in that. You know, we can see how how we tend to um, stray from the Lord, and uh, so that's been really helpful. Um, prior to that, I, I took sort of my first dive into really studying Revelation hmm. um, with with help with a Bible study, and uh, that was a huge blessing to me. I think that I have tended to sort of steer clear of that because we're always concerned about not misinterpreting and not getting the details and all of the pictures wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't have to um, figure everything out in Revelation to see the point of the book. Mm-hmm. And that is that, that Jesus is on the throne and that he's worthy and that he reigns and he will return. Um, that was really helpful to me. Mm-hmm. So... Um, those are my last two books that I've been going through. I, I, that's what I typically do is I use a Bible study to go through a particular book and just journal my way through it, um, praying through the things that um, either are clearly taught in the Scripture or are, are taught in that Bible study and, and just seeking, like I said, reform and growth all along the way. So, um, you know, like, what is the, is the Bible study like a, you mean like a book that you're going through with the scripture or is it like you're meeting with people and you're going through a Bible study together? No, this is something I'm doing on my own. Okay. Um, there's an app on my phone Okay. and it's a daily, just verse by verse Bible study, um, that I do in my morning time. Uh, okay. And so this time of year I have, I have extra time that I can spend in the morning mm-hmm. studying and and journaling and praying and um, but yeah it's not a it's not a group thing it's just something that I'm doing 
I'm doing okay. on my own. So it's an app, so it has, like, you're reading the text, and it's got com- commentary and stuff like that along with it. It has that, and what's really helpful about it is it, it's asking you questions specifically from the text mm-hmm. so that uh, I, my mind my mind drifts a lot, mm-hmm. especially early in the morning. I can tend to read a passage and... and I get to the end and, and maybe it's caught my attention or maybe I don't even remember what I've just read. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is a way that it's asking you questions and maybe you've read verse 10, but it's asking you a question. And so you go back and read verse 10 again to find the answer to the question. And it's just an expositional way um, to, to study and sort of dive deeper into the text. It's, it's not so much a topical thing. It's just simply this is what this text says, and then here are some questions that we could ask mm-hmm. based on that text. So I just find it, I find it really helpful. Uh, Julie went to a conference a few years ago, and she brought me home a hardback copy of one of the studies and I just grabbed it one day, and I did it, and I was, I was, I loved it. I just loved it. And so I found over time that the app is available on my phone, so I can just grab my phone and, mm-hmm. and open the app, and, and it'll go to the next day's lesson, and it's all there right, right for me. So mm-hmm. uh, it's been as helpful to me, I would say, as, as almost anything. Hmm. What's the name of the app? Uh, Explore the Bible. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Eric, you mentioned your uh, conversion, um, or since your conversion, the Bible's been really important to you. How did your uh, conversion come about? Well, my testimony is is an interesting one. And if I... I start at the beginning. I I used to share my testimony, um, and and one time I shared it, and my mom my mom was in the room, and she was bothered by what I said. Hmm. And so I now when I share my testimony, I preface it by saying I was raised in a home with loving and kind and parents that I admired deeply and that I admire to this day. Um, But we didn't go to church on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And so I I didn't have... We lived according to what you would call a Christian ethic, Mm -hmm. you know, but we we weren't in church. I wasn't... My dad was not someone who would read us the scripture or pray with us or or teach us about about the Lord. and so I didn't have a background in understanding the scripture or hearing the gospel even really. As I grew up, people came into my life that were church-going people, mm-hmm. you know. Um, some more godly than others, of course. But as I got older, I would have opportunities to go to events, whether they be youth events or um, or whatever at people's church, and and would hear the gospel preached 
in bits and pieces or well or not well. And in my mind, I believed that it was true. I believed there was a God. I never, I guess I never really doubted that. I believed that Jesus was a historical person. I believed what they said about the cross. I believed that he rose from the dead. I believed those things. Um, but it, it hadn't impacted my life in a sense that if, if you said, well, Jesus said, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I, w- I wasn't following Jesus. That, that, that wasn't, I, I believed the factual basis of what these people were telling me, but it had no impact on my life. And I was really in a miserable state in my early 20s, um, was looking desperately for a wife. I was, you know, I was unhappy in my, in my job. I was unhappy in, in all aspects of my life. In, in this, this gospel stuff, I had heard it, but like I said, it, it didn't have any impact on my life until the Lord, when I was 24, came and he saved me. Like he, he in essence said, you are coming with me. You're following me. I get when Jesus says, come follow me. I get that. And they, they drop their nets and they follow him. That's what happened with me. He said, you're, you're done with this. You're following me. Then the facts of the gospel became life-changing truths to me. And, and that's when I would identify my conversions when I was 24 years old, which would have been almost exactly 20 years ago. So um, is this after marriage? No. Before marriage. This okay. is this not too long before I met my wife. Okay, I see. But it's, yeah. And then, like, how was that communicated to you? How did, how was God communicating to you that, you know, you're going to be following, you're following him and so forth? Like, um, seems like it was pretty clear to you. So is it spiritually communicated to you or? Yeah, it wasn't an audible voice. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't. Um, a person coming to me and saying, God told me to tell you. It wasn't anything like that. There was just, I, I sensed that while I believed these things to be true, they hadn't translated into anything having to do with my life. Mm-hmm. And, and he just impressed upon me, that's done. Mm-hmm. And you're following me now. Which led me immediately to the scripture. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think things began to to take form and take shape and unfold as I grew in my understanding of the scripture and grew in my understanding of of what the cross meant, what the resurrection meant, what discipleship is, those kind of things. Um, it was my, my conversion was a profound life altering, life changing event but it sort of took shape after that, hmm. mm-hmm. maybe as, as, as so as the disciples are called, come follow me. Over the next three years, they're little by little piecing together who they're following, why they're following, how they follow, and and I think that that's how things kind of took shape for me. Hmm. I would I would say my my knowledge at the time of conversion of why the cross and why the resurrection and what the resurrection it was very small mm-hmm. it, it was it was just a 
you know, the, the gospel presentations I had heard were just such basic admit, believe, confess, but it, but it didn't have any meat to it, didn't have any skin on it so that you would understand what that meant going forward. And so um, my knowledge base was so small that that it just simply started with come follow me and then it grew. I grew in my understanding of what that means. I'm still growing in my understanding of what that means. Mm-hmm. You know, with um, you know the gospel message, just the whole issue of our sin and guilt and um, need for forgiveness and like did was that um, going on like at that same time or was that something prior when you you heard the gospel or did it come after that or or how did that work out? Or? I always was able to recognize that I was sinful. Mm-hmm. I was always able to recognize that that I was guilty. I was doing things in my life that were um, were not pleasing to God. Even a, a person who didn't have a, a biblical ethic would recognize that the things I was doing were wrong. But especially... Um, as I heard, I recognized it. But I think I always had this internal sense that I was a sinner okay. and that I was, that I was wrong and mm-hmm. that I was guilty and that, that God, although I didn't know him or know about him, wouldn't be okay with, with who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, growing in my understanding... I don't know how I would rate my my comprehension of the whole thing at the at my conversion. Mm-hmm. Like like how um the cross made things right between me and God. I wouldn't I don't know that I would have understood that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to explain that, I don't think. Um I didn't get. I didn't know what propitiation was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what imputation was. I didn't know what, um, you know, an atoning sacrifice was. Mm-hmm. I knew that I was not right with God, and I had heard that I could be right with God because of Jesus Christ and the cross, and. I came to the point where I was ready for that to be how I would be right with God. But my level of understanding of how all that worked and mm-hmm. would have been my four-year-old knows more mm-hmm. than, okay. I, than I did. But um, so even before you understood, you know, much about just the things you mentioned, propitiation mm-hmm. and so forth, um, you... Um, did you kind of experience um, forgiveness and like um, being, you know, made clean before God and sure. stuff like that? Yeah, no, that that at my conversion, there was a real sense. You come follow me, mm-hmm. and we are at peace. Mm-hmm. You belong to me, and you are forgiven. Hmm. 
Um, I, I don't know that I, I understood the depth mm-hmm. of my sin so that maybe my um, level of um, thankfulness wasn't everything it should be. I'm sure it still isn't. I'm sure I still don't have the faintest idea how um, deep and all-encompassing my sin was and how uh, radical it is that that's all been forgiven. Um, I I still don't appreciate that for what it is, for all that it is. Um, But I did have that sense that I'm new Mm -hmm. and life is new and life is different. And, um, and I'm following Jesus. <laughs> um, did your conversion make any um, make a difference on your family? Like um, you mentioned, they weren't really maybe they're more, more cultural Christians mm-hmm. growing up, but not really active mm-hmm. in like a church fellowship. Did um, that? Did things change, or did you have an impact on your family? I, yeah, I think that there's been some some ripples over the years. Um, <clears throat> my mom is a, is a believing, uh, uh, follower of Christ. She's, she's in church regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad, uh, prior to his death was, was really, I think, wrestling, mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of things. He had a terminal illness so he could see death approaching. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that's a pretty stark thing. That's a pretty, right. you know, profound thing to, to know that your last day is coming mm-hmm. and to know he knew that something was going to happen mm-hmm. after his death. Um, and he, he, I think, wrestled with that as far as um, why did this happen to me? Um, did God, what is God's role in all of this? And and. Just, just things like that, and I tried to help him with that. I tried to show him um, that for the believer, what lies on the other side of this life is better than what's on this side of this life. Um, there's been some ripples as far as um, my siblings. Um, and so, so there were some things, and then... Uh, after my conversion, I was in church, and my parents started going more regularly, and and uh, and I think maybe more than anything, there would have been some changes in our relationship, the relationship that I had with them that would have come as a result of my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that those would be some evidences of, of some change. Mm-hmm. And how that that impacted them. Okay. Well, what influences have you know made an impact on your life over the years? Like um, people, books, you know, or, or whatever else. Um, when I when I took classes at Mobab, the instructors that I had had a really profound impact on. Um, on me mm-hmm. um, that was that was life changing I mean that was um, I, I was I went into that experience believing sort of one thing about 
salvation and sovereignty and those kinds of things and came out of it seeing things completely differently and Hmm. and god used those men to help me to see that um profoundly influential i think my wife has been really influential in that i i get to watch her every day um wake up she teaches chinese kids english every morning from five to seven a.m oh wow and then I get to see her get in the Word and pray and prepare herself for her day. And, and then I get to listen to her. Usually I'm, I'm reading when the kids start coming down. Mm-hmm. And I get to listen to her interact with them. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 is, it is a beautiful thing. That's helpful to me. Hmm. It's helpful to me because I know that God is preparing her for that Mm-hmm. Day that calling, um, uh, uh, I have several really close friends from high school who are either in the ministry who, or who are um, walking with the Lord that have been really helpful to me. Um, and then, and then, books books have been helpful. Authors have been helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, preachers have been helpful. Uh, I love that John MacArthur has been preaching verse by verse since decades before I was born. Mm-hmm. And he was doing that when it wasn't cool to do that. Mm-hmm. That's helpful to me. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the authors that I've read, the, the John Piper books and, and mm-hmm. R.C. Sproul books are so helpful, you know. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and then just, you know, just honestly, just brothers and sisters that you run into, you know, whether they be in your church or in circles that you run in have been helpful mm-hmm. as well. So uh, I have no shortage of, of people that I'm watching and that I'm being encouraged by. And of course, you watch them recognizing that we're all flawed and we're all, mm-hmm. you know, we, we all make mistakes and we all have sin and we all struggle um, but just watching people that, that I, I love to watch people that love God hmm. y- you know what I mean just they're not they're not finished products mm-hmm. they're rough around the edges but they love God and their greatest desire is to is to honor God I love that I just love that. I love being around people like that. So mm-hmm. uh, lots of people have helped me along the way mm-hmm. and, um, and encouraged me. And you're, you're leaving for Mexico this Friday, right? Friday. For a short-term mission mm-hmm. trip? Just very short, just a quick trip. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just really looking forward to that. Uh, I wish I knew the language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really regret that I don't know more of the language because I've, I've been wanting to go for well over a year. Mm-hmm. And I've had a year to learn the language. And I can basically ask them where the bathroom is, and that's mm-hmm. the extent of my language skills. So I, I, I'm really, really looking forward to that. And just I just want just to encourage people. I just want to smile at people I just want to hug people I just want to um, you know just pray quietly um, 
for people. You know, it's just things like that 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 I can do without knowing their language. What's um, what are you going to be doing during the mission trip? A lot of support. So okay. I will be a record keeper. I will be um, just maybe helping with the English speakers to to think about um, planning for future events, um, uh, helping them to maybe think through things with their church. Um, but but mine will be very much a an assistance role, very much a. a just a, a secretary slash help slash support. Um, I will definitely be a co-pilot, not not by any means a pilot. And what will the what's the mission for the team? Like, are they meeting with pastors, a congregation, or just out in the street? Or yeah, they're gonna uh, we're gonna be meeting with um, pastors um, on this side of the border. Okay, and on the other side of the border, and okay. um, encouragement. Okay. Just uh, helping them to grow. Maybe some pastors and some churches are struggling with some things, and just you know, helping with that. Uh, basic things like that 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 uh, Psalm sixty-seven does regularly. What? Um, let's talk about business principles a little bit. You're self-employed and. Have, I'm sure have gained wisdom over the years as far as just how to work. And um, so what are your thoughts about, um, so I don't, this is kind of broad, so you know, I don't know where we'll go with it, but so what are your thoughts about business and like um, how to go about, um, you know, working and serving and just, any kind of things that wisdom that you've gained over the years that have, you know, made a you know significant difference in your life um, when it comes to work. I think that um, our our sort of umbrella thought on work is work as unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Um, and I think that, that that impacts or sets a foundation for, for our businesses. So I don't want to be doing things that would be in any way unethical. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do things that would in any way make a customer feel like I have taken advantage of them. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do anything that would... Um, uh, deprive um, the government institutions of tax revenue, mm-hmm. things like that, that that just come out of of who we are. Our faith informs everything that we do, even our business practices. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's my goal is that. Um, that I would be able to say that that I honored God in my business, um, and you can't you you can't affect or um, you can only do so much to inform people's opinions about you as a person, but 
I don't want people to rightly be able to say, I don't trust him, or uh, he wronged me, mm-hmm. or he charged me for stuff that he didn't need to do, or anything like that. So those things kind of impact my business on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. I talked earlier about the ethics of what I do, and there's mm-hmm. sort of ethical dilemmas along the way when it comes to to doing what I do. And I have to think about those things. Mm-hmm. If I am misusing chemicals, mm-hmm. that's wrong. Mm-hmm. If I am using chemicals where they are not needed, that's not right either. Mm-hmm. There are things that you have to wrestle with as a Christian that maybe an unbeliever would never even think about. But, but at the end of the day, the whole idea is... Um, does our job, no matter what it is, mm-hmm. whether we're a dentist or a lawyer or a lawn guy or a, um, whatever, does our job honor God? Mm-hmm. Does it put him in a negative light from the standpoint that we profess to belong to him and mm-hmm. people know that? Um, and then, and then you, you sort of build from there. But, but I'm asking myself all the time, am I doing, is this right? Mm-hmm. Or are there things that I can do to change the way that I do business or the way that I work that will bring more glory to God, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm constantly running into things, usually in my personal conduct, mm-hmm. that... Well, I could do that better, you know. I'm I'm driving my business truck. I, I, uh, I maybe shouldn't have honked at that person that turned in front of me. You know, just little things like that that you're you're constantly looking to make sure that you are operating your life and your business according to what would bring glory and honor to God. So so those are those are foundational things, and then you build you build from there. Um, business, mm-hmm. you know. You, you, I make budgets at the beginning of my year. I make retirement plans. But as much as possible, I write that stuff in pencil because I, I don't want to presume things mm-hmm. on the Lord. If my business fails, then I trust that that happened because that pleases God and for my good. Mm-hmm. If... If I step in a hole and I break my leg and I can no longer do what I do, I trust that the Lord's in charge of that and in control of that and and that that's good. So I don't want to do like, uh, you know, I don't want to presume upon God. I want to I wake up every day, thank Him for the opportunity to work and then go out and work as hard as I can to glorify Him, to perf- to provide a good service for people, mm-hmm. something that they see value in, mm-hmm. um, and and run my business that way, mm-hmm. you know, with with a good, solid, ethical um, foundation. Do you mainly work by yourself? Yeah, um, occasionally. Um, one or more of the boys will go with me, but okay. not in a working capacity. They're they're just with me. I see. Um, so I don't have 
employees. It's a business that can get fairly large before you really need help. Right. And um, so I'm by myself on a daily basis. I like working by myself. Right. I've just, I'm an introverted person. I'm yeah. not, I'm not a, like if I find myself in a big crowd of people, I am very uncomfortable. I'm yeah. just an introverted guy. Um, yeah. So I like working by myself. And yeah. that's, that's the way that it has played out um, in my business. And, and uh, you know, someday if the Lord would make it so that I needed an employee, then, then we can go down that road. But, but we're not there yet. Yeah. So I am also introverted, and I work by myself, mm-hmm. and I enjoy working by myself. But um, I don't know. I've re- been rethinking some things, and this has been pretty recent. Like I recently visited Billy and Sarah down in Texas, and um, they have a group that's down there called the Winter Volunteers. You know, they're retired people who come down, and they work. Um, they, the men do a lot of construction projects. But um, they have such a sweet fellowship together, and uh, I would meet with them in the morning during their devotional time. They would pray together, and they would kind of close out with a uh, a song, and then they would go out and get to it, you know. But um, it's got me thinking that um, I, w- I think I might like, might enjoy for my day-to-day work experience to be like working with people where there's people physically present and that um, what keeps me from that might be or what has kept me from that might be a little bit pride Mm -hmm. uh, like um, well no one's going to care as much or do the job that I can do Mm -hmm. and um, and also maybe just finances like would really help with um, would it pay off Mm -hmm. having someone else Mm -hmm. with me if I'm paying them and Mm -hmm. so forth Mm -hmm. But um, I'm wondering if, um, you know, I should kind of put that in God's hands more like the, the final outcome mm-hmm. and, um, and just try to work into a situation where I'm around people throughout the day. And um, I don't even incorporate my kids as much as I think I probably should mm-hmm. because um, it's harder to explain how to do something than just to do it yourself, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> Absolutely. But um, anyway, those are just some of my thoughts lately, mm-hmm. um, mainly influenced by those winter Texans because of them working together and, uh, and, and me just kind of thinking about the joy of um, kind of being in fellowship with someone else throughout my work day mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And it's always good to, uh, to glean things from other people, you know, yeah, and... Right. and and be open to if there would be a change, you mm-hmm. know, if, if God would call you to have someone. Being open to just, just walking step by step by step mm-hmm. and, and trusting him for, for those things. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I, I, I deal with the same kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, when I look at my business, it's not in a situation where another person would even be justified. I mean, it right. wouldn't, it wouldn't, it couldn't afford it, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but you never know. I mean, you right. never know mm-hmm. what five years brings, you know? Right. Yeah. So. Um, has there, um, 
been any kind of particular struggles in life that you would you know want to share um, that have you know just kind of particular to you that you know have just been ongoing or anything like that? Yeah, I. Um, parenting a big family has been really challenging, mm-hmm. and so you know all about you know all about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's really been challenging uh, from the standpoint of just being diligent as a father. I'm not strong at discipline. Um, it's been difficult from the standpoint of just recognizing that, that all of my children are different and that there's not a, you're not going to be able to do one-size-fits-all parenting. Um, recognizing that um, my children, for the most part, are without Christ, and that that's going to be that's going to have a profound impact on their day to day lives, and and how do you parent through that? Um, and that there's not a formula for leading them to Christ. Mm-hmm. In other words, I don't do this, this, and this, and I come out with a Christian kid. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been parenting is is the i think the number one sanctifying influence in my in my life okay it 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 reveals um it reveals my character flaws my short fuse Hmm. my kids have seen my temper so many times Mm -hmm. um and they always forgive me you know um my my just my lack of diligence in in leading them along the way it's so much easier to just yell stop it than to say to talk to them about things hmm. um, that's been it's been challenging it's been that's been quite a deal um, and then personally just just seeing things I mentioned my temper mm-hmm. you know other things that are flaws that are there's no other way to to describe them um that they're just they're flaws it's wrong Mm -hmm. for me to be so quick tempered Mm -hmm. i mean it's 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 not the fruit of the spirit Mm -hmm. you know patience is quick uh a quick temper is not Mm -hmm. um so there's been that there's this there's there's been a constant struggle to um not conform to the world's system this constant desire to be financially secure to have my retirement things in order um, to, to make sure that my business is growing at the right rate that that's a daily just a daily ongoing like I said earlier returning to the Lord and trusting in him um so there's those there's there's been my personality is is flawed in the sense that I'm not good at walking alongside people especially if I don't have a long standing relationship with them um I I tend to withdraw way too much um things like that are, are a struggle that have been difficult to 
overcome. I haven't overcome that. Mm-hmm. I, I just simply haven't. It's it's an ongoing struggle. Um, there's a whole litany of things that I could list that that I can see are profoundly unbiblical and wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, at the at the end of the day, of course, we we are grateful that. Uh, God's grace is not based on our achievement or our merit or our any of that. Mm-hmm. But but I do I do desire to more honor God mm-hmm. in those areas, in parenting, in marriage, in business, in my interaction with people. Um, when we came to um, our church, there were several times as many people as there were at our former church. Mm-hmm. It's so difficult for me to make that work. Hmm. Just really difficult. I, I don't even know where to start with people. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a flaw. My wife can enter a room like that and just be like a butterfly fluttering around to each person and, and connecting with with each person. I'm mm-hmm. not like that. Mm-hmm. Not like that. And uh, that's that's probably my, my biggest struggle in life is just overcoming. I once preached, before I was ever a pastor, I preached at a little tiny church, and I had this older guy come up to me, and it was after after church, and he said, you're a good preacher, but you need to work on your personality. <laughs> wow. And that was harsh and at the same time right on the money right on the money so what what was he referring to like just watching your uh, watching you or something like so so from the time i walk into a place like that Mm -hmm. it, it as a as a guest preacher you should walk into a place like that and you should you should be about the business of of Meeting people, okay, I see. Right. Talking to people, mm-hmm. you know, um, encouraging people, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. That's difficult for me. Okay, I have a hard time with that. I'm more likely to enter a room like that, set my stuff down, get everything prepared, maybe even sit down. Yeah, right. And that's what he was referring to. I see. Right. Um. So, just for the sake of or anyone listening, um, you were talking about how. Um, your children are not in Christ, but you know, um, I could imagine someone thinking, "Well, they're going to church; they're being raised, you know, to know about the Lord." And uh, what do you mean they're not in Christ? But you're referring to like, um, like a heart experience where it's not just knowing, but mm-hmm. it's like um, a heart that loves the Lord mm-hmm. and is something along those lines, right? Yeah. Um- so there are several of them, a few of them, mm-hmm. who that knowledge has become, has converted into they are followers of Christ. Okay. Right. They are walking with, with God. Mm-hmm. And then there are several of them who just could recite the catechism answers, they know some scripture... Mm-hmm. Would probably agree with the um, the facts of the gospel, but it hasn't resulted in 
them becoming followers of Christ. Okay. Um, and so that's that's the distinction that I make there, and I believe that's a I believe that's a biblical distinction that okay. that there's 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 a difference there. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between someone who, it, and 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 it's a blessing to them whether they realize it or not that they've grown up in a in a home where the parents are believers, as flawed as we are, mm-hmm. where they are in church on a weekly basis, hearing God's word, where they are. Um, invited each morning by their mother into family chapel to hear God's word and to sing and to pray. That's a blessing that you know they don't necessarily understand. Um, but but for m- several of them, many of a couple of whom are are little guys. Right. Um. If if my four year old said, "Daddy, I'm 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 a Christian now." I, I don't know if I'd believe them or not. You know what I mean? So there, there, there's some, some that are little guys, but some of them who are not mm-hmm. and who are thinking and who are, um, are seeing the world and, and how things work and have not yet chosen to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a, a somewhat of a clear thing in their, in their thinking and as you guys observe them, that um, they're like at that point where they're not sure. It might be just following the way of the world, or it might be following as a disciple of Jesus, but it's not like a decided thing at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. None of my children are um, robbing convenience stores. Right. None of them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. A lot of time, I, I've I've struggled over the years to to understand um, in a Christian home how you discern when that conversion happens and how you discern. Okay, when do we do baptism, mm-hmm. and when do we start treating you now as a believer? Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's always been a struggle for me. I've always, I've never come to a good, solid understanding of how that works because there's not, in, in, in these kids, there's not going to be this profound um, change, mm-hmm. you know, like there are in other people. Like in my life, there was a profound change. Mm-hmm. There, were, there were specific things that had to go because mm-hmm. we're, we're that displeasing to God. Um, not so much in these kids, mm-hmm. but there. In reality, there is a profound change in, in going from someone with a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. Someone who goes from um, the um, domain of darkness to the kingdom of Christ. Those those are profound things. It, they're hard to discern sometimes. They're hard to see sometimes. And so, mm-hmm. um, so that's what that's what we're we're dealing with. Okay. You know, and you'd mentioned as like something that you struggle with, like one example was uh, your temper. Mm-hmm. So have you seen, um, has there, have you seen anything that's been helpful to you, like um, as far as growing in that area, um, anything that's really made a significant impact? The more I'm in the Word, okay. the more I am uh, praying, the more that... I am the closer I'm walking 
with God at a given time, the less likely it is that I lose my temper. Mm-hmm. There could be nights that I come home and it's, it's wild and it's loud and it's chaotic and I might sail through that beautifully. I might even instruct them quietly. Mm-hmm. There are nights when I come home and the smallest thing might trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's, I think that that's a big component of it. It's mm-hmm. just, it is, is, is where am I at a given time in my walk? You mm-hmm. know, um, right. it, when I was first saved, I was really roller coastery. Mm-hmm. And so I'd go to church on Sunday. Monday might be a great day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might be, you know, I might share the faith, you know, it, as the week goes on, it, it, it goes downhill. Mm-hmm. And then you come to church on Sunday and you come back up to the top and then you go back downhill. I think as I get older, they level off somewhat, mm-hmm. but you're still seeing that, that dip at times. Mm-hmm. And that tends to be when, you know, daddy's not looking much like Jesus. So... So it's not so much a matter of oh, I, when I'm, I need to remember to do this rather than do that or something. It's more of just in general drawing near to God, yes. and that makes the difference. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. There, there probably are some things that I need to remember to do. I mean, mm-hmm. if I'm not sleeping at night, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to tend to be cranky if, uh, I don't know, just things like that. I mean, that are mm-hmm. that are kind of practical, actionable things. Um, but but primarily, drawing near to God. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to right. describe it. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, just kind of like a, you know, kind of wrapping up here. Just let me ask you about. Um, what your thoughts are about something is there anything you would like to see changed when it comes to church culture or tradition just the way that Christians do life together or gather together anything in particular comes to mind that you would think I'd like to see it more like this or less like this or anything like that not so much as far as um, strategies or, or anything like that I think that there are things that that I see um, as maybe warning signs or, or, or something along that line. I have been really interested lately in the parable of the unforgiving servant mm-hmm. and thinking about um, how we deal with one another as Christians and our tendency to not really forgive one another for... Um, mistakes that we've made toward one another and our tendency to just remove ourselves from someone's life rather than mend relationships. I think that that's a, that's a big thing that I've been thinking about lately. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just I, I worry about 
us as American believers and our lack of biblical knowledge and understanding that worries me Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like the American church is is way more impacted by the culture than the other way around Hmm. and that we so many things that we're talking about today in the church have been sort of foist upon us by by the world and I feel like our perspectives on certain things are because the world has told us this is how we should believe about these things. Any examples of uh, boy you have to be careful here. Um, male female roles within the church. Okay. That's a big one. You know, the Bible is clear as a bell that um, that my wife is made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. She has tremendous value. Mm-hmm. She is uh, just so gracious and so um, so loving and caring, and she she is able to minister to the children in such a way that it's just I I could I can't imagine being able to do that. And yet, our roles within our home are different. Mm-hmm. We just have different roles. And that's okay, mm-hmm. because that's the way that God designed it. Mm-hmm. In the church, we're dealing with the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There are roles within the church that men are to fill that women don't fill, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Now... There are there, there would be people that say, well, it's easy for you to say because you're a man, mm-hmm. and but but what I want us to do is 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 to seek fidelity to God's word in these things. So that would be one mm-hmm. um, uh, things regarding marriage. That would be one. You know, how are we to think about these things? How are we to to um, deal with the the issues of our day, like mm-hmm. transgenderism and and how many genders there are and things like that. How are we to to think about those things inside the church? That concerns me. Um, uh, all kinds of things like that. You know, there's 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 lots of them having to do with the social um, issues of our day. That I think we are being more affected by the culture than we are being a voice of truth and reason within the culture. And at some point, we have to be willing to be um, unpopular with our opinions. Mm-hmm. And they're not, there are not opinions if they come from God's Word. We have to be willing to be. We don't need to be abrasive. We don't need to be abusive. We don't need to be condescending, arrogant, mean-spirited, anything like that. But um, we need to be voices of truth. Mm-hmm. And so those are some things that concern me that you're seeing Southern Baptists really wrestle with and deal with. Um, just things like that. You know, mm-hmm. just I just want us to be faithful to God and his word first mm-hmm. and let that 
be our guide within the culture. Mm-hmm. You have any thoughts about, um, you know, like ecumenical type of things? Like, um, so, you know, some people have uh, different um, thoughts about some of those things, and yet there are some of the the basics of uh, Christianity, which would make us all fall into the, the, the pale of being truly Christians, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, for example, the Apostles' Creed, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of a basic way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, that's, we're all in mm-hmm. that, but um, yet we desire, um, you know, to be more strictly aligned with the scriptures we're under, as we understand it. Um, and yet, there's disagreements on on some of those things. So, um, you have any uh, thoughts about um, you know fellowship with people who are in that mere Christianity camp, mm-hmm. and yet there are those kind of differences in convictions that we might have. Yeah, I think that uh, um, you do have those those basic foundational truths. Mm-hmm that identify someone as a true believer in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that that's your guide for fellowship. Now, it, it kind of divides us up as far as what happens on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, and You mean the differences and things yeah, that we have? Yeah, right. it, it divides us up into de- denominations and all that kind of stuff. And I don't necessarily see those things as inherently evil, um, but I've got a group of of pastor friends that include a Wesleyan, um, an Assemblies of God, and um, another Southern Baptist friend, mm-hmm. and there's no doubt in my mind that they're they're believers. Mm-hmm. And that they love the Lord. Mm-hmm. And do we view things differently? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We do view things differently. But that doesn't have to remove fellowship. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't see it as inherently wrong that we, that we divide up into denominations and whatnot. Because we do view things differently. Mm-hmm. You know? I I, uh, I mentioned R.C. Sproul earlier. Mm-hmm. We we would view things differently. Now he's a million times smarter than me, and so I hesitate to even say I would disagree with him on anything. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I'm not. I don't believe in paedo baptism, mm-hmm. and so we would divide up based on that. But that's got that 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 doesn't change that he's a brother in Christ, mm-hmm. and I look forward to seeing him in heaven mm-hmm. you know and so I, I think that we shouldn't allow secondary things to, to ruin fellowship but that it's okay in my opinion to to divide up according to what we see in the scripture because we're, we're so longing to be faithful to God's word what about like I guess I'm thinking of like toward the end of Romans when um, Paul's dealing with um, 
differences that people have on um, observing certain days mm-hmm. or food mm-hmm. and meat and so mm-hmm. forth. And he, the way I understand it, he seems to be saying, um, you know, tolerate one another, mm-hmm. you know. And he's really for, throughout his different letters, spirit of unity mm-hmm. and so forth. And um, so I don't, you know, know what, you know, we, even if we wanted to, what we could do about just the way things are as far as denominations. Mm-hmm. But um, I've kind of wondered sometimes if it would be um, a nicer, more biblical way to gather if we were gathering more on geographical uh, uh, decisions mm-hmm. rather than um, looking for people who agree with us mm-hmm. because, um, you know, then how do we tolerate those who don't, you know, <laughs> how do we, uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, I, and I, I think, so going back to, um, we should tolerate them. Yeah. We should right. be right. close with them. We should be fellowshipping with them. Yeah. Um, but there are, there are some things, here. so we're sinful people, mm-hmm. and, and we don't have all of the answers right. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhere in our arsenal, we've all got some misconceptions or some, some concepts that, that were probably off exactly what God's Word teaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that, that causes these... Mm-hmm. These divides that that, like I said, I I, I think are okay um, because it, it it is what it is, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I kind of lost my train of thought. But 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 yeah, I think that oh, in just thinking about what Paul is saying and tolerating mm-hmm. tolerating one another, I find that the more. Um, God humbles me mm-hmm. and shows me that I don't have all of the answers, the more I'm, um, I'm able to fellowship with Christians of all different denominational backgrounds. Okay. So hmm. I, would, I, would, I would have gone through a time, <laughs> this is to my shame, when... Um, Okay, let's say Charles Stanley comes on the radio in the morning, mm-hmm. and I, I flip it to the station, and he's on. There would have been a time where I would have scoffed, mm-hmm. and I was, oh, I'm not listening to this, this guy. It, that's crazy. I look at that now, and that's crazy. Now, his, his preaching style may not be my favorite, or, yeah. but to, to, to diminish... Mm-hmm. His ministry or diminish who he is as a, a believer is, I, I, I'm shamed by that. I can't, I can't believe that I was, and, and what it was was arrogance. It was arrogance and pride and my need to be um, right about everything, my need to be uh, acknowledged by people as smart, just, just things like that that just. Mm-hmm. A lot of us, I think, fall into early on in our, our walk, and then the Lord just kind of starts to beat those rough edges off mm-hmm. and uh, showing us just, boy, that is not, that is not who we're to be mm-hmm. as believers. So 
um, I agree with what you're saying, you know, and that, boy, we should have fellowship with these, these believers from different backgrounds. How, how different is a, a believer from North Korea going to be? Hmm. Or I've, I've been to China and the believers, they're, they're different than us. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it's not going to be the United States of heaven. You know, it's, it's, it's different. We're different based on different things. And, and we should have fellowship with those people. In my estimation. Well, thanks, Eric. It's been really good to spend time with you. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. If you use a podcast app like iTunes, please give a review of Conversations About Life. Mm-hmm.